This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. morning everybody it's amazing when God puts you start to pray about a sermon and how you start with one scripture and then it goes to another scripture another scripture so just so that you know I'll be sharing a lot of scripture with you this morning now the title of my message is reminders of how to live to please God in a fallen world we don't have to look very far to see the hopelessness in this world have you ever taken the time to look at people's expressions or to look at them in the eyes and wonder what they're thinking of or what they're going through? Sometimes you can actually see the hopelessness in their faces and eyes. And unfortunately, some people just sadly give up on living. But we as children of God have hope, not hopelessness. We have received a hope which is in Jesus Christ alone. As Christians, God provides us with many, many blessings after we give our heart to the Lord. But even for Christians, there are troubles in this life. In spite of the troubles, although Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And he also said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. We serve a loving and merciful God, for he sent his one and only son to die for our sins, for when Christ hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. For he paid the price that no man could pay, and he shed his blood for our sins. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy shown toward us, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The word of God says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Now, every single day, without fail, God has new mercies to pour out on us. Each day, he provides for us just what we need at just at the right time. The fact that you're here today, you woke up this morning, is because of God's mercy. Because someone brought the message to you and you gave your heart to the Lord and you have eternal life is God's mercy. For as you were for as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Aren't you glad that you've given your heart to the Lord? Understand that the unsaved man has its own moral code. It feels good. It's not hurting anybody, so I can do it. People only want to hear one side of God, that God is a loving God, and God is a loving God. And it says that therefore he does not want to punish sin. But that same God is not only is he loving, but he is a just God, and therefore he must punish sin. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. So we have the hope of eternal life. It's everlasting. It's never ending. It's permanent with Jesus. Because we have been brought with a, bought with a price, we are to live in a way that will glorify God in our bodies. Do you not know that you are the temple of God that is a place that where God resides? The creator of the universe resides within you. And he says, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I'll receive you. He says, be holy, for I am holy. We are to be holy because without holiness, no one can see God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. The word of God says in Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, with the time of saint salvation, sanctification begins. The Holy Spirit begins his work in making us holy. There are no shortcuts. But if we practice these five disciplines, God does the impossible. He changes us. Number one is we read the Bible. This is God's word. This is his word to us. It is his love letter to us. It's a lamp onto our feet, the lamp that shows us the way. And we are to pray. We are to pray every day. You need to take time. You cannot grow in the Lord by doing other things. These are the most important things is reading the Bible and praying. Even how, how busy you get, you need to make that special time alone without any distractions and just spend your time worshiping the Lord and allowing him to speak to you through his word. Now, Jesus, he was so busy ministering, but yet he took the time to draw himself away and to be with the father. And yet we're supposed, Jesus is our example for us to follow. And then fellowship, it says, do not forsake the gathering together as you see the day approaching. We need each other. God uses us. We could do busy in the middle of a conversation. There'll be one word that you will say that will build up a sister or a brother. It's so important to be in the house of God. And then there comes worship. It's an opportunity for you just to praise God and worship him for who he is and what he has done in your life. It takes discipline for us to do that. And I remember when I first got saved, I knew I read the Bible, but I didn't really pray. And I had to learn what it was to pray. And then someone said, well, you need to worship. And I'm standing there in my room all by myself. And it does feel kind of awkward, you know, raising your hand. But God loves us so much. He's given us so much that we need to worship him. And I look in the book of Psalms. If you don't know what to say to God, you look in the book of Psalms, and you will find many things that you can worship God with. And then witness. We are to share what God has done in our life. We all have a testimony to give to a lost and dying world. The sad thing is when people give their lives to Christ, they never learn what it is to please him and honor him. Why? because they don't read the Bible and they don't pray. Jesus said that if you love me, he said, you will keep my commandments. And obedience is a daily surrender. 
where God becomes number one. You are to love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your soul. You see, it's not about you anymore. It's all about God. It's not about you anymore. It's all about others. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of wrongdoing, we should be crying out, Oh, Lord, I have sinned. And thank the Lord that the Holy Spirit is within us and he convicts us of those things that are not pleasing to God. But when you repent of something, repentance is that when you make an excuse, well, I said this, oh, Lord, forgive me, because I said this because I was tired or that person said that. That's not true repentance. You need to take on the responsibility that what you said said or did that it was sin before God's eyes. Do not procrastinate when the Holy Spirit begins to nudge you of a habit, an addiction, an attitude, confess and repent. If you don't, if you don't allow God to work there, you're not going to grow any farther in the Lord. So you need to do that right away when God begins to convict you of something. When I worked in the church office, when I served as a secretary, there was a woman that came into the church one day, and she said, I just want to say uh, I'm so sorry, and I didn't know what she meant, but she said that she had worked over, I guess, years ago in the chapel. They used to have some type of a food pantry or clothing, and I guess she had taken money from the money box, and God had convicted her. <clears throat> excuse me. God had convicted her what she did, and she brought back money. And she had said, this should cover everything I took. I mean, that took a lot, but she knew God was speaking to her, and she wanted to be right with, with the Lord. It says that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Something that you thought was okay to do six months ago no longer is okay for you to do today. What you listen to what you watch on TV, movies you attend. Because what's happening, the Lord is working in your life. He's showing you things that he doesn't want you to partake anymore. But remember, he loves you with an everlasting love. Everything, anything that you're not supposed to be listening to or watching, going, it affects you. One way or another, it will affect you. We should not compare with the Lord with other Christians. For example, when we observe our Christian brothers or sisters participating in things that we have been convicted of, we can't say to ourselves, well, it can't be that bad if so, because so-and-so is doing it. If the Lord has taught you, talked talk to you and told you that he does not want you to do that, you just don't do it anymore. Discipline is needed in our lives. We need his grace to help us. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if we look at the athlete, and the, the athlete's central part is that he's disciplined and he's self-controlled. They bring their body into submission by number one, by training very hard. Hour after hour they train. They get enough sleep and they eat a healthy diet. The athlete, athlete wants to get that medal, and there's nothing wrong with that. They work very hard to get it, but that medal or crown, it doesn't last. But we discipline ourselves to receive the crown 
that will last forever. For a while, body, bodily training is of some value, and it is. You know, they say if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. It helps you fight off disease. It gives you more energy. But godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Let me ask you, have you disciplined yourself to live a life that honors God? Or are you practicing the ways of the world? Do you have one foot in church and then one foot in the world? Are you honoring God in the workplace? Do you get at work on time? Do you leave when you're supposed to? Do you have good ethics all the way around? The scripture says that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Are you full of, are you full of negative all the time, are you? Do you complain about everything and everyone? Do others recognize that you are a Christian just by the way you carry yourself? Let me say that if you're the type of person that has the fish on the back of your car, or it says Jesus is Lord, you better not be speeding. Because you're blowing your testimony. It's a Am I telling the truth or what? I mean, so if you don't have your, if you're not, you don't have stickers all over your car, and you don't, you're not carrying a big cross around your neck, and you don't have a gigantic Bible in your hand, I mean, I hope that people recognize that you are a true Christian. Do not allow yourselves to be put in a compromising position. Re remove those things that cause you to stumble. We are to clothe. It's something that we need to do clothe ourselves with the love of Christ. The Bible says that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will provide a way out. But you know what? You have to make that choice. You have to make that choice that you're not going to allow this to happen. You just have to walk away. God provides you the way, but you still have to make a choice. So our walk with God should be so different from the world. Our light should shine among men. It takes a deliberate, spirit-filled walk to honor God. We are to diligently seek him. He rewards those who diligently seek him. He rewards us in heaven, and he rewards us here in this life too. He says that if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. The discipline even extends to our thought life. As the man thinks in his heart, so is he. The mind is the battlefield. You've heard this saying, so a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. Our thoughts are important to God. Listen to what the word of God says. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was so great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth 
and he was grieved in his heart. Lord, I just pray we never grieve the Lord. And yet when we sin, we grieve the Lord. It's just like a mom and a dad. You know, they, they do everything they can to raise their children. And they tell them, don't do this, don't do that. And they deliberately go out and do it. It just grieves that parent. Think how much more it grieves our Heavenly Father who gives us everything that we need at just the right time. We are instructed to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I get these thoughts, I have no idea where they came from. And I have to stop dead and say, this is not of you, God. I rebuke this thought, it's not of you. That's why it's so careful to what you listen to, what you observe, because that can get into your mind and into your heart. In Isaiah, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above. That's where our hearts should be, on the things above, not on the earthly things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds and things above, not on the earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We are to live in this world, but not be of this world. And as we continue to yield ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll begin to progressively distance ourselves from the ways of the world. Be faithful in the things of God. Are you too busy doing good things but leaving out God? I like to ask people when they're going on vacation, I not really ask them, I tell them, don't leave God home. You make sure you bring him with you, and it doesn't matter how busy you are on your vacation, you make it so you're scheduled that you're able to spend time with God and time in his word and time in prayer. Years ago, I used to work at a church, and I was part of the cleaning committee or a cleaning team. And I had this dream. Now, I, for some reason, I have dreams of cleaning a house. It's so strange. But I actually go through every room, every drawer sometimes. Well, I had this dream that the, all these people were in the, the chapel, and I was busy cleaning the sanctuary because that was something I was called to do. I was going to clean that sanctuary. So I came out of the sanctuary, and all these people were just all excited. And I said, what is going on? Revival hit. I missed revival. It was like a warning to me that you can be so busy doing good things that you miss out on the thing of God. We should be decreasing and the Lord increasing. We need to look beyond what we can see to what God sees. We need to practice the presence of God. It is a spiritual exercise. And how do we do that? Remain focused on the Lord throughout the day, knowing that he is with us. To quote scripture, just to know, just to praise him during that. You're driving down the street, just praise him. The scripture says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, 
the only true God and Jesus Christ who you have sent. Get deeper into the things of God. Spend quality time with him. Years ago, I was involved with a cult, not a cult, a cult, C-U-L-T. I got to make sure I got that right, C-U-L-T. And it was all about rules and regulations. And I felt I was the most depressed person. I never smiled. I just got so I wasn't smiling. I felt like there was a load on my shoulders all the time. And God, I had a family member that put a Christian into my life that began to show me step by step, step by step, that what they were teaching was not of God. You see, God wants us to walk according to his word. But the thing of it is, it's, it's about having an intimate relationship. Because when we have that intimate relationship, we want to just put aside those things that we know are not pleasing to him. So all of us who have had the veil removed, that's us. We, we, we see the truth. We, we've given our heart to the Lord. Remove can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And there's other translations, which I really like. It says, growing from glory to glory. Each day, we, you know, we may be getting older on the outside. I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. But inside we should be grow, becoming more and more like Christ and less and less like the fleshly person that we can be. It is a never-ending growing relationship with Christ. It doesn't stop after you give your heart to the Lord. It's only the beginning. That's all it is. It continues on to the day you breathe your very last breath. When we do this, we will become more like God's nature and character. The measure in which you are filled with the Spirit is the measure in which you are filled with Christ. If you are not as close to God as you used to be, who moved? He didn't move. You moved. We call that backsliding. I think that's what we call a little bit of backsliding. But we need to get back to our first love. That's so important. And I find that throughout my Christian walk, in fact, I just did it this past week. I recommitted my, my life to the Lord again. It's like, oh, Lord, I just recommit myself to you. I want to be more like you, Lord. I want to glorify you more today than I did yesterday. Now, I know that I have not reached the goal of completely reflecting Christ. I have ways to go. But I cannot dwell on my past failures, my sins. I cannot dwell on them. I bring them to Christ. I ask him to forgive me. He forgives me. He washes me as white as snow. Or even yesterday's victories. Because today is a new day. It's new challenges. More opportunity to honor the Lord and reflect his love. Isaiah 43, 18 says that we are to forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past, but see I'm doing a new thing. Every day he should be doing a new thing in you. Nor can I dwell on my shortcomings. And if you know me long enough, you know I have shortcomings. And one of them is, and I have to, you either cry or you laugh. So I have to laugh. 
And one of my things is I can't pronounce some of the books in the Bible. They just don't come out of my mouth. The one has, begins with a D and an E, so don't ask me. And I had somebody come to me, and every time they would constantly, constantly correct me, and I would say to them, I don't care how many times you tell me. It's just not going to come out. It just doesn't come out. But you know what? In spite of myself, God still uses me. He does. Even your name. Some of your names are so complicated. I can't say them, and I don't want anyone to be offended. So if I come to you and I say, what is your nickname? I want something easy and simple. Because God does use us, all we have to do is to be faithful. And he wants to use us in the area of the gifting he has given us. He says to be faithful, and he does the rest. I worked with a pastor one time, and I didn't even know how to file. I didn't know how to put a file in a file cabinet. I knew nothing. I did not know how to use the computer. I tried to fake it. It didn't work. And all he said was, all he said was, all I asked. I can work with someone who is faithful. And that's what God asks. He'll work with you if you are just faithful to his calling, because he's given all of us a calling. So you need to take every day as an opportunity to grow in an intimate relationship with him and to grow in holiness. Now, I don't know where you are spiritually, but only God knows. And by the grace of God, you don't stay where you are today. You could, be a, you could have been a Christian for 50 years, and you're still an immature Christian. And that isn't what God wants you to be. God wants you to walk with him, to follow him. He wants you to be a vessel of honor for him. Now, if you would just bow your heart, I would... Your eyes, close your eyes and bow your heart. I'll get it right yet. I'd like to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new and fresh each day, Lord. I thank you, Lord, you love us in spite of ourselves, oh, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you draw us to you, Lord, and desire of your heart because you love us so much. You want to have that relationship with us, oh, Lord. You want us to talk to you and to read your words that you can reveal to us great and mighty things, oh, Lord. You want to do great things in our lives. Oh, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, we'll all just walk in obedience to you, Lord, that, oh, Lord, that you would touch us in a very special way. Lord, I ask that you touch everyone here today, Lord that you bless them in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just say a couple more things. Revival will never come until there's repentance. And we all need to be walking the life of repentance. Pastor gave me a book. It's called The God Chasers. That book was astounding because it told of a story of how, this was a true story, how God hit a church, sent revival, that men with suits and ties were ripping their ties off, jumping over chairs to get to the altar and repent of their ways. That's the only way. That's the only way our country is going to be healed, by us repenting. The judgment begins with the house of God. He loves us. He says, I'm going to return for a church without spot or wrinkle. Oh, Lord, just help us.
Now, if you would just stand. I'm going to paraphrase this verse. It's in 1 John 2.28. And it says, And now, dear children, not dear children, I'm saying now, dear brothers and sisters, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. We want to glorify God. We just want to honor him so much and be obedient. He wants to bless us, and we don't want to be ashamed when he comes. And we don't know when our day is going to be. And I mean, we talk about the Lord returning. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. But it may be today for us. We never know when we walk out those doors. If that is our, this is our last day, we don't know. So we want to be ready. So all I'm just asking, if you opened up your hearts, and if you've never given your heart to the Lord, today's the day because guess what? There's no guarantee for tomorrow. So I'm just going to say a prayer, and if you are backslidden or you're just not where you're supposed to be with the Lord or there's things that God is dealing with you, then I just pray that you'll be open and listen to what he has to say. Heavenly Father, I just pray that, Lord, you touch my brothers and sisters. And if you have, I'm going to say a prayer, and if you would just, all of us would just repeat that prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I come to you as a sinner, and I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to be my Lord and Savior. And help me, O oh Lord, from this day forth to follow you, Lord, that you give me the desires of your desires, O oh Lord. Yes, O oh Lord, that we'll follow you, Lord, for the rest of our lives, O oh Lord. We love you so much, Father. We worship you, Lord. We give you glory, Lord, for there's none like you, Lord. For, Lord, you are high and lifted up, O Lord. The heavens declare your glory, and the skies proclaim the work of your hands. Hallelujah, Lord. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Ancient of days. You are the Almighty One. Hallelujah, Lord. Your word says, one day every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Let's just take a moment to worship the Lord.